2: Hey, I'm not Dottie
3: Herman, but I am Stephen Gaines. Dottie is away this weekend in, uh, in Las Vegas. She's a keynote speaker at a convention out there, but I'm here with our attorney at law, Andrew Lieb, With uh, Michael Conti has just joined us, our insurance expert. Good morning, Michael.
4: Good, good morning, Steve and Andrew and Ace. Uh, uh, great show so far, gentlemen. Uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it, I must say.
3: Thank you so much. It's great to hear. And Ace, of course, Ace Watanasi Purp is here as well. So, Michael, I just want to tell you something because uh, Ruben Rivera, our uh, internet our, uh, technician who is here with me in the studio, uh, said that he was reading in the newspapers this morning of a company called Swimply, S-W-I-M-P, as it's simply except with a P, Swimply. And what Swimply does is the, 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 uh, the Airbnb of swimming pools and that you can rent out your swimming pool they have a website you post pictures of your swimming pool and most of the people are charging about seventy five dollars an hour if you want to come over and lounge around somebody's swimming pool or take a swim (laughs) well Well, I think Ruben
4: read my notes because this is really what inspired um, you know I I got hit with this app a while ago and it knocked me out for so many reasons, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump right into it. The biggest reason is that, guess what? Your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you for this, so I hope that they provide insurance for you because the the perils that you're looking at are enormous, and uh, it, it was actually recently uh, in the news down in Tom's River. They had a big issue with this because people are renting out their pools on these various apps, and that's one of them. There are others. Um, uh, and they show up with busloads, and they literally commandeer the neighborhood. They they showed one picture where this one block had three separate buses, not like mini little buses, giant uh, coach lines, you know. And the the neighbors are upset, but the, to me the biggest the biggest nightmare is my God. Now you have forty people, you don't know who they are. Fifty people, uh, how? You know how are you protected i I also believe that once you cross the line with your pool from you know the use for my own family to now i 'm renting it out, are you now required to meet the standard of a commercial pool and have you you know do you have the safety equipment? do you have the flatboards do you have the the, the defib machine, the the big giant hook. I mean, I, I don't even know how an insurer would defend you in, in, in the event of an incident.
3: Well, I guess these people aren't telling their insurance companies. Or can you buy insurance? Would that make sense? Could I buy insurance and say, listen, I'm going to rent out my home pool for a couple of hours every week to- if I came to you as my insurance broker?
4: You know, I, I would probably... Um, I'm sure we could get someone to cover you, but I think it would come with warranties that you've met all the safety standards necessary to host 40 paid guests at your pool. And I don't know know that an unsophisticated homeowner realizes what that means.
2: In the, you're in definitely town. Play, breaking local codes, too. I just want to throw right. that out there, right. that you're going to get all sorts of tickets when the com- neighbors complain. I'm having a heart attack, and I'm glad Mike's on the same page as me because I'm listening to this, and I'm just like, you don't need insurance. You need a therapist to tell you how crazy you are.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, you know, I, I i in my lifetime, I've witnessed two swimming pool tragedies, and— Um, i was not directly associated with neighbors i guess and my god it just you know it's devastating and 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 today you know there are plenty of gizmos and gadgets out there to help uh, people watch their children Uh, uh i i was so paranoid about this i put in one of these automatic covers on my pool but i got news here when we closed the pool the pool was closed the kids couldn't get in and that that worked for me. So it, it, having a pool in the home is a very joyous thing, but it could it could end up in tragedy. And I don't know that most people realize that, how dangerous it Mike, is. Mike, do you know that um, the U.S. Consumer Product
2: Safety Commission, they put out a publication, and they say that every year 300 children five years or under die in a pool. And right. I have one kid that's five and a half and one that's a newborn. And I I would fill in that pool so quickly if I had, if unless I was home. Like if you're home watching, that's another thing. But you have a nanny? Oh, this
4: horror! Yeah, it's for sure. But you know, Andrew, I, I put in an automatic cover, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. But it helped me have the peace of mind because when the pool is closed, it's closed, and most of the, a lot of many of these accidents occur when the pool is, no one's in the backyard, the child wanders out. Uh, uh, someone left the ladder down in the case of an above-ground pool. They climb up the ladder. Three hours later, they find the baby dead in the bottom of the pool. Uh, and, Mike,
2: you're that... so smart. It says in that, in there, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, they put out this thing called Safety Barrier Guidelines for Residential Pools. And one of the main things they say is have a cover. Have a cover, right. people, right. unless right. you're they are So smart. Uh, listen, well, i got to tell you, know, you
3: guys, uh, just, just let me interject this one thing. I have a cover, and my godchild he was four years old it was winter he went out the doors were open we had a pool cover on we didn't even think about the pool anymore and he went out and he started walking on the pool cover and the pool cover held him up but he fell down on it and some icy water came up because that can happen and i mean it could have been a tragedy even with the pool cover so it's it's a very good and also before we go back to this discussion um there have been studies that show that when people go to buy a house, that having a pool is not a plus. That people don't necessarily want to buy a house with a pool, um, and it's fifty-fifty. So you have to be careful about what you're going to do. But go back to the um, uh, to the local laws, Andrew, because that's what I deal with. We have uh, everybody has a swimming pool. And uh, there are very, very, very serious local laws out here. For instance, any door, door that leads to the swimming pool in any way has to have an alarm on it so that when the door is open, the alarm goes on. Now, this is a pain in the ass. Let me tell you something, you know, because I don't have any kids in my house anymore. But it's the law that I can't have a swimming pool. If they came and examined my house, I could get ticketed. So now every door... In, around my pool, there's another law about the fence. Unless you've been grandfathered in, your swimming pool was built 25 or 30 years ago. Now, if you build a new swimming pool, you have to build a fence right around the swimming pool, which makes everything look pretty lousy. So, uh, Michael and Andrew, what about the local laws?
2: Well, let me start with saying what local means, because I think our listeners don't understand that. Is That's the biggest issue in all of real estate law. What your street address is isn't necessarily the place that controls your um, laws. We have in the suburbs things called towns, villages, and hamlets, and a hamlet doesn't have laws. So, for example, West Hampton. West Hampton is Southampton, but West Hampton Beach is its own village. So what people need to do is they first need to go to their tax bill and figure out if they live in a village or a hamlet. If they live in a hamlet, they have to go to the town. If they live in a village, they have to go to the village. And then what they do is they go on the Google. I love the Google. You type in the Google E-C-O-D-E, E-Code, and you can find the code for your local town or village because wow. they're all different. And there's hundreds of different ones. And what they do in, for example, West Hampton Beach is different than West Hampton Dunes, which is different than the village of Quag, which is different from the town of Southampton, and they're all five minutes from each other.
3: So you just type in E-code? Is that the E-C-O-D-E? E-C-O-D-E. E-Code. E-Code. And then you, your community, you'll have to find your community under the E-code, right?
2: Correct. T- and then you go read what the rules are, and you pointed out rules. And I have a friend of mine who's code enforcement, Stephen, and you'll, you'll like what he says. He goes, we don't try and bust anyone for anything, ever. We don't want to do that, except if someone died in our picture to be on the front page of the newspaper. And pools is just that thing. So they come in in your fence. I don't know if you know, they have the, the cross beams, you know, the horizontal beams on a lot of fences. If those are on the outside, they say to themselves, a kid could climb over here and die in your pool. That's why you have to have the fence with the ugly side on the inside. There's all these rules, five, four foot, five foot, as you point out, these alarms. And you've got to know the rules for your place. But I'm going to go a step further, and um, Mike's going to appreciate this. Mike, I think this is for you. My father, who started my law firm, you know he said to me? He says to me, Mike, he goes, just because you're complying with the law doesn't mean you're complying with best practices. And what does that mean? If you don't comply with best practices, even if you comply with the law and someone dies, you could still be negligent. And that's why I point out this guide, Stephen, where you should go above and beyond and look what the U.S., the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission says. Here's best practices. So what's your minimum standard? What's best practice? Because you don't want to be sued. What, you explain know, that I to me amazing, what best
3: practice means, Andrew. What, what is best practice?
2: Best practice means that what would be the safest way to go about it according to people that are in safety experts. So, like, I used to teach at a school of public health. My background is I have a master's in public health, and I, I worked in there. And there's actually people whose job, they're, they're scientists on social science with safety. And what they do is they've looked at what, for what's called correlations, and then they do what's called meta-analyses of different studies. And they say, we found that if you do X, we can lower the correlation between you having a pool and deaths this percentage. And they put out studies, and that's what scientists do. And as an attorney, what I often say to people is just because you comply with the law, that may be not enough. Because if you can show that you knew that there was best practice or if you should have known, a jury is going to be like, why didn't you do that then?
4: When, uh, out here in Franklin Lakes, I was on planning board for 10 years, and I was constantly screaming about these koi ponds because they go unregulated, and I think in some instances they're more dangerous. You have a homeowner in a generally dry area who decides to put a koi pond in, and it's never protected f- for the children. So the neighbor's kids come over to look at the fish before you know it they're in there. And it, 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 it's kind of funny. Um, some you know ha- some things like a
3: pool jump in a koi pond. Go ahead, Sorry, Some kid just I'm died sorry. last week in a koi pond. I saw yeah. it in the newspapers.
4: I'm, I'm not surprised because, as I said there, the, the, I, local many, many local laws don't even deal with it. And uh, it, it's as dangerous, if not more, than a pool, at least a pool. Everyone knows you have a pool there. Uh, you may have guests at a house who never realize you have a koi pond in the backyard and can't protect their children. Mike, so you're Mike, going to
2: appreciate this, and Stephen, to you too. I have a friend, an attorney out east who's a village attorney, and he had an issue in Sagaponic because these people were building a moat around their house. And he said, we have no code on a moat. What are you supposed to do when someone has a moat? They have, it's a castle. They have a moat. And so they had to look at what you're saying, Mike, and they had to say, how do we protect kids from falling and drowning in the moat? I know two moats out here.
3: What is that See? Here? And I know the guy that wrote the moat code. The moat really? code, yes. <laughs> Only in the Hamptons would there be a moat code, yes. That's your next book,
2: the moat code. Yeah, no, Are, are I they hope filled not. with alligators and piranhas or they should be. Or yeah, in the Hamptons yeah. they probably have people um that's giving you jewels and fresh fruit.
3: <laughs> no, we're not that fancy out here. You know. I, I wanna talk I want to talk to Mike for a second about uh, liabilities, but the one of the most important things that was said today was I never understood why the ugly side of the fence with the cross beam had to be facing in. I always wanted to put it up so the neighbors would have to look at that. But that's so nobody can climb up on it.
2: Correct. And my friend who's a code enforcement said to me, that's the number one thing they'll ticket you on. Because if someone gets injured, if someone gets injured, they know they're going to end up on the front page of the newspaper from not giving you a ticket. That's amazing.
3: So, Mike you you um you uh, invite friends over you invite family over somebody jumps in the swimming pool i know a guy it's just haunted me for years and years uh, jumped into a swimming pool of, at a friend's house and uh, broke his neck and his life was over i mean you know you have a certain amount of care for that but the care runs out everything runs out eventually and you know it's you just absolutely miserable who could he sue could he sue well, the owner of the I
4: swimming mean, pool i mean the, the whole- the homeowner is the clear, the clear um, you know, candidate for that lawsuit. ever pool is owned, uh, they, they always have a responsibility to warn. And, again, I think, like, on homeowners, you don't have to mark. Now, I don't know, maybe the current code is, but out here, you don't have to mark three-foot, two-foot, no diving like you'll see in a commercial pool. But um, in a residential pool, I don't know that that's necessary or, or is part of the code. And, Not again, easier. it may be in some towns. But, um, look, things pools are very dangerous. Diving boards, notoriously, the first question we ask is, do you have a pool? Yes. Do you have a diving board? Quite frankly, if they have a diving board, you know, it's going to be a hurdle because many insurers will not even entertain the, the pool with a diving board. And uh, many times we'll tell people to remove the diving board because of people who really don't know how to dive in shallow water, shallow water diving uh they'll they'll injure themselves that that was one of the biggest things years ago uh but i i don't know what the standard is for a homeowner i would generally say to answer your question the the homeowner's insurance policy would would be the 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 one to respond at least initially on that clearly
2: so let's go back to that e-code that's what you got to do Stephen. you got to go on the e-code and you find out what the rule is for your local municipality now uh,
3: in in manhattan uh one of the uh, one of the big amenities now in new apartment buildings, condos, and co-ops uh, are swimming pools. So many apartment buildings now have right. swimming pools. Who's responsible for that? The the board, the, the owner of the building, the, Do bill- the sure, tenants the bu- chip well, in. If
4: it's a co-op, the, the building co-op is the responsible party. If it's a private land a landlord, a managing company, it's it's their responsibility. They're managing the pool. Um, and I guess they're also, you know, I, I don't know if New York City code mandates that a lifeguard is on duty 24-7 or whatever the, it may be. But, again, they would have to adhere to whatever the rules are. And, uh, you know, it it it's a beautiful amenity, um, and I'm sure there are, you know, plenty of people who enjoy that. But the owner of the building, whether it's the co-op, the condo association, or the landlord, they they bear the brunt of the responsibility for anything that happens there. Now, I on that my house, note,
2: though, Stephen, ahead, it's Andrew. much less exposure in one of these buildings in the city than a private owner because when yeah. you can pool resources, they put a lifeguard there. Like my sister has a pool in her building on the Upper West Side, and um, they they have all these rules, and people check in. And I got to tell you, she didn't have any friends until she moved in this place with a pool, and all her neighbors are now coming over every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah you know um, – I was uh, just uh, wondering, Ace, are you there?
5: I'm here listening to all these pool stories. That's fascinating. Um, I know. We too many
3: pools here in the city, you know, yeah. privately owned. But, uh, privately owned. Yeah. There are, by the way, there was an article about uh, people who do have uh, pools in their townhouse backyards and everything. But what I was uh, wanted to ask you was, does, does that matter in terms of getting a mortgage for a private home? Because I remember when I was getting my mortgage, I had to... They asked me if my um, oil tank was buried or if it was above ground, you know, all sorts of safety things. Does the bank care about liabilities if you have a dangerous house?
5: Would it matter to the bank? Of course. Um, We would definitely require the adequate insurance, um, especially with pools being in the backyard or, to your point, um, Stephen, septic tanks um, below ground. So all of that, we would need an environmental study and, um, yeah. It would have to be pass our hazard code as well. So,
3: so people actually have have to go through all of this Yes, they, uh, they do. They have you know. Well I know I had a proof to them that I my I had an above ground um, um oil storage thing. That was a that's a very, very big thing out where I live because they begin to leak mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time and it just it leaks right into the ground. But I didn't know about the liability of a swimming pool for sure. What? Go ahead, sorry.
4: I could also tell you, I mean, when you start talking about underground oil tanks, I'm sure Andrew could tell us stories about, uh, you know, the liability associated with owning that property kind of never goes away. Uh, So that's why that's a big issue.
2: Yeah, it's called Navigation Law 181. It's uh, the... Every, anyone who ever owned it, touched it, did it, is getting sued. It's like the party of the lawsuit. And so that's why we always say, where's your certificate of abandonment? Where's your certificate of abandonment? That's step one on a deal. But I'm still upset about hearing what Ace's response was, that he doesn't have a pool there. Stephen, we have to broadcast from your pool. Exactly. <laughs>
3: oh, I'd love it. That would, that would be great. You know,
2: I broadcast from my pool screaming, I'll go bring home. food. I, I make a really good cheese platter. And Ace can come out and we're, we're going to have a big party.
5: All right, it's done. Next, next week's.
4: Uh, hey, Batman, show don't will be... forget me, you know. Yeah, I
2: don't have no, any more. Of course, more guests. Mike. Mike, we have to have you come and make sure we're not going to get sued. He's going <laughs> well, surfing
4: today, Andrew. Listen, we have to stop
3: for a break. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
4: When it comes to protecting your family, home, or business, you need a name you can trust. You need us, Honig Conti Perino Insurance. In Manhattan since 1902. We're family owned, experienced, and credible. We believe in a face to face, roll up your sleeves approach. Our clients receive individual and personal care. Honig Conti Perino, the name to trust. Call 212 777 7113 or HonigConti.com. H O N I G C O N T E.com. Honig Conti Perino Insurance. Not just providing insurance, but insurance guidance.
5: You're a small business owner,
2: and there's nothing small about what you do. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions, like computers with Intel Core processors, servers, storage, networking, plus thousands of top-brand electronics, accessories, and software. No matter your technology needs, Dell is here to help your small business do big things. Call 877 by dell to speak with an advisor today. That's 877 by dell
6: In this crazy, messy world, we're all trying to make sure we do our best to stay healthy against the new diseases that seem to pop up in schools, at work, and hospitals. It's hard to find a product that's safe, effective, and alcohol-free. Well, guess what? The wait is over. Durasan is a water-based, non-toxic hand sanitizer that cleans, conditions, and protects skin for up to 24 hours. It comes in bottles, wipes, foams, sprays that are perfect for everyday use. Durasan also developed an antimicrobial hand and soap That is FDA approved and environmentally safe, just like their hand sanitizer. Durasan has a long line of safe to use products. Their USDA organic mosquito spray safely protects from dangerous pathogens like the Zika virus, which is perfect for the summertime. If you listen to Joe Piscopo, get 20% off when you mention the show. To learn more about Durasan products, please go to Durasan.com or call 844-Durasan. 844-387-4726. Durasan. Once upon a time, customers would
0: find your business with this big, thick book full of phone numbers and competitors' phone numbers. It was a heavy, cumbersome, yellowish-looking thing. You'd place your ad in the book and hope customers would call. Hello? Now there's Salem Surround, delivering customers with targeted digital marketing. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at SurroundNewYork.com. SurroundNewYork.com. Connecting you with new customers.
1: It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866 970 9622.
3: Here's Douglas Elements CEO Dottie Herman. Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie. We're here with attorney Andrew Lieb, real estate uh, expert, Michael Conti, and uh, vice president of the. Citizens Bank, uh, Ace Watanisupar. So, if you've got a legal question, an insurance question, a banking question, or just a silly question for me, we're at 866-970-9622. Mike, it's hurricane season.
7: Oh, it boy. Is... <laughs> I bet oh. you
3: that's going to make you busy. Let's see. In 2008, you know, there were... Fifteen named storms, eight of which were hurricanes, with a combined total estimate of $50 billion in damages. That was last year. Go ahead.
4: I'm very selfish, Steve. I only care about the ones that affect me. So uh, the ones that come up to the northeast. Uh, th- th- everyone else i 'm very sorry to hear that they 're dealing with it, but as long as i 'm not involved, you know do the best you can you know uh, but um, I made a prediction earlier uh, in the spring uh, if you 've noticed that we have been having thunderstorms and and rainstorms that i 've never seen really in my lifetime, with such a consistency, at least once a week, we're getting a storm that's horrendous. And, and so I predict. I said, you know what, I bet you we're going to see another hurricane this year. So that's my prediction. I hope that I'm wrong, but, but that's what I say. But, you know, we, we, I must get 11 or 12 e- emails a day from all the various insurance companies that we represent, reminding us that we're in hurricane season. So I say to the people in the city, it's very simple. You've got a lot easier test than if you're out in the island. But the first thing, the biggest thing from the storms that causes damage is flying debris. Nail down everything you can. Take in the stuff off the balcony. Take in whatever you can from the patio. Nail it down. Tie it down. And, and, and that's a good source. And then the next thing is watch out for the water because uh, a, a roof that's just hanging on there is going to get uh, inundated with water, and, and you'll find out what, what leaks you have. So, maybe now before the hurricanes come, uh, get a roofer out there to look the roof over and, and see what's going on. And the final tip that I'm going to give people is the trees that are really close to the house, maybe you want to have them trimmed. And if you have those giant, enormous old trees, you know, get a tree doctor in there to make sure that it's healthy and, and still sus- can sustain su- some storms. But I had a tree those fall those are my the house general tips. Year.
3: I had, I had a tree fall on the house last year. It sounded like there was an explosion, and the thing you go out and look around yeah. and try to find out where it was. And I I couldn't see it. The next day, I was walking around the property and I thought, my God, there's a tree on my house.
2: Yeah. The worst thing like, is. Mike, I the think co- it's it's Doesn't really important true? for you to tell the listeners, though, that their general homeowner's insurance isn't going to cover if it's classified as a hurricane. And they got to call you and understand about what type of other insurance they need, right?
4: Right. Well, actually. Um, the the big the big question comes and there are two types of deductibles out there that affect the homeowners because uh, unless you're in, like uh, you guys out in the in in, in the uh, in the Hamptons there you your carriers are probably imposing a percentage of uh, deductible on the claim on the building value compared to the claim so what does that mean? so if you have a two percent windstorm deductible and the house is valued at a million dollars your deductible is two percent of a million uh, not necessarily two percent of the claim and that's an important uh, concept to understand the other concept that's important to understand is what type of deductible do you have do you have a named storm deductible or a windstorm deductible a windstorm deductible is triggered at any windstorm it doesn't have to be hurricane strength a hu- named hurricane deductible will be triggered with a named hurricane and, and and that's why if you remember back in hurricane sandy there was all kinds of wrangling where the governor was successful not to get it called as a hurricane when it hit landfall had that it was occurred a superstorm
2: New- right a superstorm right,
4: right 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 and and had 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 he not been successful in that, um, you you know, there would have been much more pain for homeowners to deal with. Uh, Having it come ashore as a storm, as opposed to a hurricane, saved the 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 consumers, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. But that was a very important uh, issue, actually.
2: So I'm confused. Just so I'm clear, we want the the windstorm or the named. Tell me which one is the better for the homeowner.
4: I, I personally think that. Okay, either one could suit either person's needs. However, a general homeowner wants to have the named storm deductible, so that having a hurricane is certainly more rare than having a bad storm. Uh, so you want to try to get a, a named storm deductible. But if you're too, you know, if you're too close to the water, it may not be possible to obtain such a deductible. In that case, try to buy down your. Uh, your deductible percentage so instead of five percent see if you could buy two if it's affordable if you have two see if you could buy one percent so while your spouse to me- is
2: trimming the trees you should call up the insurance right. guy and make sure right. this is right <laughs> your right, spouse
4: right right right
3: but it's interesting to me that has to be a name storm you would think that the the uh, it would be a certain amount of wind and mile per hour or something but would they name the storm at a certain intensity is that why yes it's- yes Exactly. I think that would be oh, okay. another place to, to judge it, you know, instead of a name storm. But that's interesting to me. That's fascinating. Also, by the way, the eastern seaboard is eroding at an average rate of approximately 21 inches per year. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. That's Does that mean we're all going to be
2: waterfront soon?
3: That's, I'm afraid so, you know. Um, uh, by the way, it's, uh, you don't have to be waterfront to have to pay, as you well know this, Mike. I mean, my insurance... I'm one mile in from the water, and yet mm-hmm. mine, I have flood insurance of a certain kind. But It depends what you're zoned. Is that it, Mike? Right,
4: right. Well, you know, I mean, flood insurance, you've got to remember, the, the uh, flood insurance is primarily provided by the federal government. So general insurers, for the most part, don't really care about uh, flood insurance, uh, although you are starting to see private insurers come into the flood arena, all right? But the distance to the mile is primarily the concern with the windstorm. And, uh, the, you, and and I'm sorry, I'm jumping between topics, but the floodplains have been identified and you can say, well, if you're in an X zone, you're, 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 your probability of being flooded is gonna be one in 500,000. If you're in an AE zone, your probability of being flooded may be one in 500. So they can measure that. The thing with wind is, they've come up with this postulate that, well, if you're closer to the shore and a storm comes across onto shore, onto land, because you're closer to where it comes onto land, you're going to sustain more damage. So that's why homeowner's insurance, regular homeowner's insurance, always ask, you know, or they try to find out how close you are to the water, and that's why it's a big thing. They don't really care if your waterfront... Because your house is going to get flooded because Homer's insurance excludes natural flood, but it does not exclude windstorm. And that's why it's the proximity to the water. I see. Stephen, no, do you
2: know that the FEMA puts out a flood map? And if you just Google FEMA flood map, you can put in an address and they'll tell you if you're in a flood zone. So that's an easy way to solve the problem. And what people well, often don't realize is you don't have to be on the coastline. When we had that right. Superstorm Sandy, I remember Vermont getting destroyed. Right.
4: Listen, there, there, are, there are Spring Street, Broom Street, Grand Street, down in Soho. They are in A.E. flood zones. Whenever we insure a building in that area, we have to get them flood insurance. And they scream and yell because nobody wants to pay for flood insurance. And, and you know, the bank mandates that they carry it. Right.
3: Hilda, hold on, Hilda, on the phone. Hilda's calling in with a a, a mortgage debt question, but Tom from the Bronx has been holding on for a while. Yes,
8: uh, hello, gentlemen. I'd like to say that I'll explain it this way. Years ago, I was invaded by horrendous, the building I live in. We had an infestation, unfortunately, of bedbugs. And what happened was one day I had noxema and I accidentally dropped it on on the the bed. And what happened was I noticed that the uh, the spare bugs started to eat the naxema because their mouths are at the bottom of the bug, and it's not a joke. The noxema knocked them out, and I'm I'm saying that it's possible with the infestation you have. Out in the island of ticks, there's a possibility you can use, like you get mannequins. Now, this is not a joke. You get mannequins, and you have noxema inside, see? And what happens is they think it's food. They start eating it. And uh, I had hundreds of the uh, the damn uh, bed bugs here that I knocked out in a day. I got rid of them. And it's quite possible you could st- uh, they can stage these um, uh, these uh, dummies, you might say, w- uh, loaded with uh, the clothes. And inside the, cl- the, the clothes, it's the Nazima, And they're drawn to it because they think it's food. say to know,
3: Tom.
8: And, and there's a good possibility you can knock out a lot of them
3: so, so you're, uh, in you're very prob- short
8: I- order. No, it's I think, not a joke, though. I'm, I'm telling no, you the no, truth. Very, I know. I very hear how interesting serious concept. Concept. But, the, uh, I, uh, the, In other words, if you know any uh, exterminators, you know what I mean, give them the idea out there on the island. Let them experiment thank you, with it, cause it. Thank Because you. I'm sure that it may get in the way of you renting property out there or selling property if people know that darn things are around, you know what I well, mean?
3: There's a tick problem out here, not so much of a bed bug problem, but there well, is I, a tick problem. Well, I urge t-
8: you, and, and, uh, in the end, I urge you to look into it, and I urge you to get a hold of an exterminated company and say, let's experiment with it. And Tom, not stop. does it. Huh? we've got
3: to stop for a break. I hear the music coming up. Thank you for calling All in. Right. Hilda, we'll get to you as soon as we get back after this message from our beloved sponsors. So please don't go anywhere.
1: AM970 The Answer is giving you the chance to win $1,000 every day for our summer cash contest. Enter for your chance to win by listening to AM970 for keywords announced at approximately 7.30 a.m., 10 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 4.30 p.m., and 7 p.m. Then go to am970theanswer.com and type in the keyword. This is an Aptivada summer contest with participation from several broadcast company television and radio stations. For each opportunity to win, one winner will be randomly selected from all entries received nationwide. For a complete list of contest rules, go to am970theanswer.com. The trucking industry finally has a voice in New York City. Get the real deal on transportation and logistics. Tune in for New York Truck Stop Radio with Arthur and Zach Miller this Saturday afternoon at 1 on AM 970 The Answer. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more.
7: Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars.
1: On Tuesday, July 30th at the Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m. On Wednesday, July 31st at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. at the New York Marriott at the Brooklyn Bridge, 333 Adams Street, downtown Brooklyn, and on Thursday, August August 1st at Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 7 p.m.
0: Can't go to any Connors and Sullivan's free seminars? Then call
7: Connors and Sullivan at 718 238 6500 for your own free office appointment.
1: Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Call Connors and Sullivan at 718 238 6500 or go to ConnorsandSullivan.com. Plan now for later. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato. Every Sunday, Steve Adubato's Leadership Hour brings you valuable tips on how to become a better leader. I'll also interview leaders in government, business, and other arenas. So catch me, Steve Adubato, Sundays at 2 p.m. for the Leadership Hour, right here on AM 970.
7: Your table, ladies. Thank you so much. So, Vicki, how have you been? Great. It's been so long. Last time we saw each other was what, your daughter's wedding on that yacht? What was it? The Atlantis? Yes, the Atlantis. It was perfect for the wedding with its three decks, bridal suite, immaculate restrooms, dance floor, and state-of-the-art sound system. The food and service was great, and I hear they baked those delicious rolls right on board. They do. You know, I've been trying to decide what to do for my daughter's Sweet 16 and some corporate events. You should absolutely book the Atlantis. They do more than just weddings, sunset cocktail parties, bar and bat mitzvahs, luncheons, and guests are able to board from several locations. Francesca was so easy to work with. Call her at 212-385-9400 or email her at events at com.
1: Charter the Atlantis for your event today. Call Francesca at 212 385 212-385-9400. 200- 2 3 or visit FranceTouchofClass.com and charter the Atlantis. It's I on real estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman.
3: Hey, it's Stephen Gaines sitting in for Dottie Herman. We are playing on the back nine here headed towards the clubhouse Hilda is online. Hilda is from Manhattan. Hilda, you're having a problem with mortgage?
7: Well, uh, I'm not. Uh, We have a son and uh, our lovely daughter-in-love who are shopping for a lender. They've already started to build the house in Rockland. We're lending them $200,000, or giving them And uh, they have their own monies, however, their credit, both their credit reports came back that they have substantial debts on credit cards. And uh, he texted me uh, uh, what happened, you know, I thought we pay our debts, I said everybody has debts, don't panic. the reason it reflects negatively is because of my credit limits on the three credit cards that he, when he went to college and his brothers, we put them on my credit cards, American Express and a couple of others. American Express allows me $30,000 limit. I owe them currently maybe 4000 In total, all three credit cards total, maybe 7000 in debt, but in my credit limit, it's fifty, sixty thousand. I can spend that. So they're telling him, they're already shopping for a lender. They're telling him, well, that doesn't reflect well on you. But Hilda, and how does she that has the same, same situation with her parents. Now, I'm not sure Citizen Bank is one of the banks in their shopping but my question to the vice president of Citizen Bank and to you, Steve, is um, what can they do? I said defend it, but he said it doesn't work that way. They say it's a standard uh, credit report, and the rates will be what it is. I said that that can't be. So Ace? I'm asking yes. for all your expertise. Definitely, Hilda.
5: So this is Ace. Um, again, I commend you for... Adding him while he was in college because that that actually built up his credit. So kudos to you. That was a, um, I guess, great approach on your end. But um, in regards to this situation, um, if if you can show that you've been making all the payments, the bank shouldn't be shouldn't be counting uh, that. I'm
7: sorry. I can, it. I can barely hear you.
5: Can you hear me now, Hilda?
7: A little, maybe, because I'm not on my iPhone. Got in it. The car.
5: Okay. So, what you can do is yeah. um. Basically, if you can show that you've been making all the payments and oh, that yes, they were I, just I a, 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 I would say, co-signer to the credit card or whatnot, the yeah. bank should be able to cancel out that debt. So if you want to leave your name and number with uh, the producers of the show, I'll definitely give you a call back over this weekend or even on Monday morning, you know? So.
7: Oh, thank well, Hilda, you. You were really
3: lucky. You are really lucky to get Ace to do this. Uh, that's it. he's going to give you great advice, whatever it is. And I got to tell you something else. I don't know if they've tried Citizens Bank, but I've said this on the show before. I was turned down maybe ten times to refinance my house. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, but I Citizens Bank came okay. through for me. So leave your leave your name and phone number okay. with with the engineer before you hang up, and we'll give it to Ace, and Ace will call you, and you'll get some. Uh, some great advice from him. Now, I'm sure. a,
7: a very brief question. Uh, he should apply. I mean, they both are well established; have their masters in uh, medical uh, fields, social, social work, and uh, she's um, RN nurse with a master's. And um, they're building this house. It'll be ready December or January. It's already begun. They use their money to put the deposit. We're just. They just want to put a lot of the money up front. So um, should he and my lovely daughter-in-law apply for their independent credit cards as opposed to link to mine?
5: That would be a good idea, Hilda, now that they're, they have their own jobs and they're, right. they're working. That's, exactly. that's not a bad idea at all.
7: Okay. All right. So I will leave my name and number.
3: Thank you, thank Hilda. Hilda.
7: Thank, Hilda. Thank, thank you all. In. I love, love, love your show. Absolutely, thank today you. was uh, superb because the pool is another factor. <laughs> thank you.
5: Thank well, you, Hugh. Okay. We'll, we'll be in touch. Course.
7: Thank Our you. Pleasure.
3: You know, see, Ace. At first, I didn't understand that the that the children that were on it was all one credit card. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That was something. Uh,
5: and parents, parents do do that, right, Stephen? So it's actually it helps the. Um, the kids when they're building up their credit but you know
3: my mom and dad didn't uh didn't do that you have to do it responsibly you know so yeah, they were very they were very i I had a subsidiary american express card but they took that away from me quick enough (laughs) you know (laughs) it wasn't uh you know i think i went off to europe with it or or something like that um i i I just wanted to to go back to something the gentleman who called before by the way uh he 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 said told the engineer that he was really calling about ticks. We didn't know that it was about uh, bedbugs. bed well, bugs and I, I just want to tell you, wait, hold that thought for a minute i I just hold on, I'm going in and out here i just um I saw something on t v and I read about it in the newspapers that they are uh, there. are somebody some congressman or whatever think that ticks were weaponized. Yeah. Uh, purposely yeah. in a laboratory, and they're going to study whether or not this experiment went wrong, and that's why everybody's getting Lyme disease. Who said yes? Was that you,
4: Mike? Yeah, you know, I just wanted to add one point. Uh, i I got to tell you, I think there's something to that Noxema thing, because my grandmother would use it every night, and it kept my grandfather away. So <laughs> there, there, there may be something to it. But uh, I did hear that report about the weaponized weaponized ticks, and I ticks. think that's wild
3: something else to worry about, you know, yeah, for
4: sure right? and, and let me remind Hilda that credit score was also a factor when they buy the homeowner's insurance, so uh, that's another thing to look for
3: really your credit score yeah. I had no idea that the in- oh. the insurance company.
4: Absolutely. No. When uh, I mean, the best prices go to the people with the best credit. You, I have neighbors in Manhattan, side by side apartments, same exact coverage. One is paying double the other one.
3: It's really amazing in this world. You just never, never, never know what to expect. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, w- we don't have we don't have very much time left, but I just wanted to. So there was something really, really funny in one of the newspapers that, uh, that I read about, that have to do with real estate, and it's six ways six ways to tell if. You're the annoying neighbor. Um, You know, I'm wearing Dottie's headphones because, of course, she's not here. And now I realize these headphones go in and out. (laughs) So now I understand why Dottie sometimes. How to tell if you're that annoying neighbor, okay? The one thing is that your neighbors avoid eye contact with you. Now, my neighbors have always avoided eye contact with me, but I thought it was maybe the way I was dressed, or something I don't get that you don't care of your ho- take care of your house or yard that's a really really important thing in a neighborhood It is so important it reflects on the value of everybody else's home and it's just a standard of living thing uh, Another thing is is that you, know, you let your dog do his business everywhere that's a really big problem in my neighborhood people watch like hawks and I live in a wooded place so it's 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 even more difficult uh for them to tell. Uh, you keep to yourself. Uh, if you keep to yourself in your neighborhood and you don't say hello, or you can still be labeled annoying by
2: your neighbors. So that one's shocking. I thought they'd like that one. <laughs> but, but can I, 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 I ask you, some,
3: Andrew? Do you say hello to your neighbors?
2: So. My house out east, not everywhere else, but my house out east, everyone has an understanding that we're not supposed to say hello to everyone. There's um, <laughs> trees, so we don't see each other. I don't know anyone's names.
4: Mike, that's, what that's
2: about what you? That's it's supposed
4: to be. Listen, when, when, I, when my wife and I were first married, we lived down Charlton Street in Manhattan, and uh, – she would get on the elevator in the morning and greet everyone with a big smile, hello. And I said to her, you're not supposed to do that. You know." And, I never, <laughs> and they were horrified that someone was talking to them.
2: But apparently you're supposed to, Stevens telling us. I, I'm going to change no. all my ways. I'm going to go make pies after this thing and go to all my neighbors. Hello there. I don't there. do it.
3: I don't do it. I've been living on the same street for a very long time, and I don't do it. And, you know, it's really the neighbor across the street who I never said hello to. I ran face-to-face with her and her husband and kids on the beach. This is about four years ago. So I thought, well, I have to. So I said, Hello. And they gave me a look that they, <laughs> they I mean, I was Warning so terrified. Them. They didn't <laughs> want me to say hello. They hated me for all those years. God knows what was wrong. You know, maybe my light was shining into their living room. But that was the end of it. I said, no more ace. Do you say hello to your neighbors? You're a warm, happy, friendly guy. Yeah, I try, I try to
5: be friends with all my neighbors, you know. so
3: it, Does it work? Do they say hello?
5: Yeah, they say hello. I think it's it's better off that way, right? If you have an angry neighbor, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a tough time.
2: <laughs> I Ace, is know. it a clear hello or is it the head nod? Do you do the whole? You come out with the whole thing.
5: Oh, you got the head nod. You got the hello. <laughs> You, you, you got to have the
2: right, the right um, sense of swag while you're saying hello. That's it, it's important. That's it. It's important. I, you know, I, I, I
3: once, I once read uh, that in the uh, very, very expensive buildings on Fifth Avenue, that if a neighbor gets into the elevator, the most you say is "How'd you do? How'd you?" <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> why they, so they don't they, let
2: me in those buildings, Stephen. <laughs>
3: so they can but throw you I'm out not, of those buildings for misbehaving in the elevator. I, you know that. I'm right. born
4: and raised born and raised in New York City, and if you get a head nod from me, you're doing great. That's it. I don't want to know who you are. That's, That's it, it Mike. I'm a That's Brooklyn it.
3: guy. You know, my father lived in a building with 200 other apartments. By the time he died, he didn't speak to anybody in the 200 other apartments. He didn't even speak the to, to the go. doorman. He had to go in through the service entrance. Listen, Dottie will probably be back next week. Thank you, everyone,
2: for listening to Eye on Real Estate. Andrew Lieb, how do
3: people reach you?
2: They just give me a call at 646 216 8009,
4: and throw me a head nod.
3: Mike Conti, how do people reach you?
4: Telephone, Honey Conti Perino, 212 777 7113.
3: We've got to go now. Bye, everybody.
4: Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you.
1: Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank,
0: NA